We are live once again. Episode 7, the MCW cast. You know you can catch us every Tuesday at 8. I'm Legacy MCW Pro announcer Larry Legend. And I'm Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome. We're rolling right along, episode seven. I, I feel great. I want to give a quick shout out to my mom. Hey, mom, I know you don't really follow what I do, but, you know, at this point, I've got a, a voice. We've got an audience, and I always, you know, pictured giving my mom a shout out like Wayne Brady or, or George Gray from The Price is Right, you know, with whatever kind of platform. So real quick, episode seven, All Good Girls Go to Heaven. I want to say I love you, mom, and thanks for supporting me. Through all these years. Oh, that's sweet. I just remembered I've met your mom before. I remember being in your house. This had to have been like 20 years ago. You know, a lot of people don't remember that, but when we were doing business with Toby mm-hmm. Yashimura from oh, yeah, Springer, Springer right. he had that kind of project that he was going to do a pilot of, oh, the, yeah. the Tough Men the Fighting. Yeah, the that's right. We filmed that's it. Right. At my that's house. Right. That's right. Yeah. It was Dino Devine and, and Warren and Two Dope. Yeah. They fought and they were brawling and they were like, Oh, don't worry. We'll make it sound like we're tearing the place up. Right. But your mom doesn't have any. And you know what? They were men of their words because if you, I, I never saw that besides what had happened, but you would have right. thought that they were breaking the house down. Yeah. yeah I don't that's ever right. think it made it past the pilot. No, you, yeah, you, you, we filmed one in a bar too. That's right. RJ. After my house, yeah. you guys went to went a bar to and did another right. one. It didn't go yeah. anywhere, but yeah. Um, it was a pilot. Well, yeah, he pitched it. Yeah. Yeah, pitched it to NBC or something. Yeah, sometimes things work right. out, sometimes things don't work out. I'll tell you who it is working out for our last guest from episode six, the Sons, I'm sorry, the, the Soldiers, soldiers of Savagery. Uh, two-thirds of the Ring of Honor six-man champions. And let me tell you, some delightful gentlemen. I got I to gotta yeah. level with you. Mm-hmm. I just felt so good hearing them articulate themselves and just having that focus, that desire to go further from where they started right here at MCW, it warms my heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like that you were able to follow that journey because you weren't really here for that. So, And you had mentioned that last week on the podcast that you had were not familiar with their story and how they got their origins here. So that's yes. good. Every episode's like a trip down memory lane. When I saw them come out in those black suits, I did remember right. when their, their origins of, like, being the muscle for napalm and, and trick, you know, that little uh, offshoot of the Black Wall Street. And look, they, they were my shows, but it shows, like, how, how you know, um, just with the shows and so much is going on, it was like, I forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, you guys were kind of teaming <laughs> with them being the muscle before, right. you know, they, they were the sons of savagery with mm-hmm. us. They right. kind of split off on their own and did their own thing. So for me, too, man. Yeah. Um, also, just want to apologize to Con. Okay, towards the end of last last uh, episode, I called him Quan by accident, a little slip of the tongue. But I heard they really wrote him on Twitter after episode six. Everyone was like, "So, Quan, how's it going?" You know, <laughs> saw you on the podcast, Quan. You know, so sorry about that. That is Con, the chosen Con. And uh, follow him and Prolific Moses on Twitter, and follow us at MCWCast twenty twenty one. Yep. Great way for us to interact with you. One of the most interactive podcasts going today. And, uh, and we, what about what about our personal handles, too, on Twitter? Because we're all personal. Yeah, you we know, never really. Never said that. Yeah, I'm, we never. I'm really. at Danny McDevitt. That's easy enough. Twitter. I'm at MCW Tara. Yep, and mine's the easiest of all. I'm at BLKLKP. Don't ask. <laughs> uh, well, actually. Larry Kennedy Phillips. That's right, Tara. Yeah, exactly yeah. Is. A lot of people don't know that. I took. The front end of Blackout, which was mm-hmm. the the group that kind of 
introduced me to CZW, mm-hmm. and I took my initials from my origins here in MCW Pro. It's Larry, Larry Kennedy, Kennedy Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I saw your handle, I was like, oh, I know what this stands yeah. for. Yeah. That's so funny because I had seen your handle many times over the years, and I, I'd always, like, what is that? Is yeah. Like, that's funny because I, I was like, I want I mean to ask you, but, well, now I know. Yeah, well, I... We learn something every week here. I guess what I was trying to say was I'm not all the way blackout. I just was the announcer for blackout, and that kind Mm -hmm. of sprung me into being CZW announcer, which is where Larry Legend was born. Mm -hmm. But my origins of the first time I ever had a microphone in my hand and Jeff Jones passed it to me was Larry Kennedy Phillips. So I took that, and that's the end of my handle on Twitter. So, yeah, give us all a follow. Give us a follow personally. Give the, the cast a follow at MCWCast2020 on Twitter. And, uh, and hey, if you're watching us right now, if you're watching our stream, and you're and you're watching on Facebook, share the feed. Do us a favor. Share the feed. Like it. Comment. Helps the algorithm. Um, and same with YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, um, like us. Make sure you subscribe mm-hmm. to our channel. Mm-hmm. We're, we're producing and putting out a lot of different content, not just the MCW cast, but releasing um, Flashback Friday matches every week from our shows. And we're working on some other content that we're going to, you know, original content will be posted on our page. Make sure you subscribe to our page. That's right. We are rocking and rolling. We want you to rock and roll with us. Uh, so many platforms we've grown into now. That's eh? right. This can, last week's been a big week. Yeah, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, Spotify, Radio Public, and, of course, Facebook, as we mentioned as well. And so, if, if you do, con- if you do, if you are somebody that likes to consume your content um, podcast-wise, just by the audio versions, um, like one of the, the platforms Tara mentioned, um, make sure you subscribe and or follow us on those platforms. Again, that helps our algorithm. So don't just pull up the show and listen to it. Just click the follow button and subscribe, and uh, that way you get those. You know, when we when we release and drop the audio versions, which is usually uh, the same night uh, yeah. or early the next morning mm-hmm. after it streams, um, you'll get them delivered right to you. And and again, it helps us out. That's right. Yeah, so connect with us on all those platforms. Use the hashtag AskMCWCast. You can use that hashtag on Facebook, Twitter, uh, even in the YouTube comments. We want to see it. And what we do is we click that hyperlink. There's a hyperlink whenever you use a hashtag, at least on Twitter. And when you click it, then if there's any questions that we miss, they all come up right uniformly in in order of when we receive them. So please use that hashtag, AskMCWCast. Before every episode, I go through and I read all of them. So, uh, you know, if you have something to say, we will eventually find it. (laughs) That's right. And not only that, we've got uh, our AskMCWCast at... uh, Sorry, not ask MCW cast. We've got our buy me a coffee. Yeah, so many different things. I got that wrong. (laughs) I was talking about the questions and I was getting thirsty. But yeah, if you want to support us even further, uh, you can become a recurring member or you can just buy us a coffee. You know, and uh, that would be a great way to show support. And we really do appreciate that. And we love having all of our supporters and our coffee club members. And thank you very much for that. Do we have anything Absolutely. from our coffee club members uh, this week, or we got some questions, right? That we'll we get do to later on in the episode. Okay. we've got some questions from our fans. Yes, but we did have some um, repeat customers buy us uh, some coffee. So right, because the members too. That. If you're the member mm-hmm. at the Buy Me a Coffee, the monthly member, they get notice in advance of who the guest is going to be. Right, and yes. they get the chance to submit their questions. That's right. Um, that they could that, that we'll ask them here and give them credit. We have for those several questions, questions this yeah. week. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for those who have done that already, and uh, 
Love to have some more Bobby from y'all. Yeah, and I can't wait to get into you know depth with what was asked this week. Uh, we have a great guest lined up, episode Absolutely. seven. Uh, but right now, let's pay the bills. Let's take a quick That's little right. break, and we'll be right back with our guest this week, Ken Dixon. All right, this week's guest, uh, Ken Dixon. What's up, Ken? Hello. Um, a little bit better circumstances than when I just saw you. I yeah. think I want to touch on mm-hmm. um, from just a couple days ago. A lot of people don't know because it wasn't really a public thing, but um, our good friend John Minidakis, um, uh together with um, Scott Dorsey yeah, from Dorsey Art, um, put together a little, uh, a little private uh, get-together for RJ's family um, to present him a painting. And Scott, if you don't know or hadn't heard of him, you should. He's an incredible painter um, and artist. He's done a lot of NFL um, a lot of NFL photos for NFL players, and he did a painting of the bruiser. Uh, Ken was there um, with a lot of the guys, and it was, it was uh, a nice event, and what an amazing picture he did. Yeah, he, he did a was, great job. Yeah, yeah, and actually, it was, um, other things that people don't know is that he actually trained here at MCW a long time ago. Oh, right? my gosh. When you said yeah. Scott Dorsey, mm-hmm. I remembered him from that <laughs> last. It was. It was when it we was were It was that there. Scott Dorsey. Absolutely. It was like 97, was. 98. I remember like him. He was one of the trained. last crop of new kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you said his name and artist Scott Dorsey, I thought, can't be Scott Dorsey. Yeah, we used like, to call him Pretty Boy. We used like to call him Pretty Boy. Yeah, like Pretty Boy Scott Dorsey. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah that's, so him. that's well, him. He's um, well, he really found his calling in life. Yeah. Because um, yeah, what an amazing artist, and um, he does great work, huh? He does great work. Yeah. Yeah, he has a really cool style where he blends like yeah, there of, he is. That's pretty boy background, and you know this this um, motion art. He does know, a lot of work got, for uh, the NFL. Yeah. 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 So here's the big unveiling. And. It was neat for me learning about, he was talking about how some of the colors take weeks to dry. Mm-hmm. Um, I How it's the, like the photos are layered and stuff like that. Yep. So, um, yeah, what a what an amazing photo. And, and Jimmy's Seafood, um, you know, uh, all, all, you know, the, the guy, that family constantly, yep. they're doing, doing, doing. And John picked that pose out from photos. So the this is an actual oil painting, but he picked it out from the you know, hundreds of photos of Bruiser, and uh, John was very specific. He wanted this particular image, so I thought that was a that right. was a great choice. It's fantastic, yeah. Yeah. and and neat how he his his touch, I guess, his signature was he had uh, your son's names in mm-hmm. the photo and yours and too. my name, mm-hmm. yours too. Um, so and cool. the portrait went home with his parents, and it's hanging up at their house. But we do have a limited, very limited number of prints left uh, that were made from that. Uh, oil painting. So, if fans are interested in buying a uh, what is it, eleven by fourteen, I believe, yeah, uh, yeah. picture. It's not framed, but it's on a very high quality, um, nice thick stock paper. They are twenty dollars each, um, and you can get those the same way that you can get the Bruiser Buddies. So, you can get those. Um, Contact you can message Tara. me. Yep, just yep. send me a right. message. And Facebook is fine. Whatever you can send it to the MCW Facebook page. I'll eventually get the message. So that would be great. All right, so under better circumstances here today, um, Ken, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I can't complain. So, 
The Dixon Line. That's 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 how I first was introduced to you. Uh, yeah. A member of the Dixon Line, and that was that was taken directly from your your name. That that kind of stable, eh? Or was yeah, it? it was a little play on words. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a little double entendre, as they say. Yeah. Uh, used to tell you know, say the things like that. Yeah. <laughs> that nature. Can Dixon you line. um you you kind of popped in um you kind of popped in before we reopened the school. Yeah. Right, we were at the green room. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so there was an error, I guess, while, where we we didn't have a school for a while. But Dwayne had opened. Yeah. Dwayne was doing Gilbert's, right? He was he had a school for a minute. Was that when you popped? I in? came in at the tail end of that. Like literally the day I got there, uh, he signed my contract, and I was hung around to watch training that night. And I came back the next day, and everything was gone. All the pictures, everything that was up on the wall, like every only thing that was left was the ring and axle. Literally, like it was everything was gone. I felt like it reminded me so much of when you know you tell the story about RJ in the ring, not being there. Yeah, I was like, man, I just got ripped off. (laughs) But you know, long story short, that school closed very shortly after. Um, I learned a lot from Axel. Like you know, things that he taught he told me then are starting to click now. Uh, But I paid with a credit card. Uh, because, oh, really? Did because, you get stiffed? Yeah, because they closed like a month after. So mm-hmm. I just disputed the claim and just disputed the charge and got my money back. Oh, nice. That's great. Oh, it, like I had to go find the dude that bought the school and like go to his house and be like, hey, man, like I'm disputing this and like you're just going to give me my money back. And, okay. Because he was hard to track down. The bank mm-hmm. was telling me they couldn't find him. And, yeah. Right. I finally he oh that's right he, he was, sold the school or something right yeah he I don't know what his deal he's an oddball, uh, but I ended up getting my money back so that's so funny I see I didn't even I didn't even know that's so weird you're saying that because that's so surreal like pretty much the same thing happened to me Dwayne Gill had um, but Dwayne Gill had the Monster Factory yeah in Baltimore for like mm-hmm. a minute but Dwayne at the time that was when the TV tapings were happening. Um, it was the 90s, so it was like 1991 I trained. And Dwayne and Barry Hardy were just, they were going on the road and they were like being the executioner. So, like, Dwayne had this building. I signed up, I paid him, but he was never there. <laughs> and I would show up at the school, and, you know, at the time, Axel in a better state of mind, Axel and Ian, they had just come back from USWA. They had been down in Memphis, and, um, they were like started. They were slapping the young guys around, and uh, just practicing their tag moves. And got and me and Shane Shamrock um, stayed in there just because we were probably too dumb to quit. <laughs> and they beat us up. And then eventually they took us under their wings. So this went on for a couple months. And then all of a sudden, we showed up one day, and the school was closed. Oh. And the and the and it was just gone. So um, yeah, that same thing. But but luckily, like Axel had. I had kind of, he had gotten to like me, him and Ian gotten to like me, and so they kind of took us under their wing, and they were getting out, and we were kind of off and running, and and then we got a lot of, like, in, we didn't have a place to train, like a school, but we just kind of started getting our experience on shows, so that kind of mirrors me, without even realizing it, too, the same thing, so, once again, that's why when I tell that story about RJ, I felt, when he, when I tell that story, like, (laughs) and and that, that day happened, and he's like, what's going on, I'm like, 
I know what you're feeling. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it happened to me. Yeah. Like, I got carnied. You well, know and it I mean? happens, you know, a lot in a the lot. wrestling business. Yeah. It's not well, like yeah. it's the first time. Yeah, That's exactly, exactly what I was going to bring up. Yeah. I mean, Ian Rotten has never been back to Baltimore no. because of, you know, his ways of like, yeah. Uh, he got my, my mom, my parents, for like $4,000, he and Rotten did. He was living with, he was like staying at my house. He put together, put up together a fake show at Catonsville High School. I didn't know he was advertising Mr. Perfect versus Roddy Piper. We saw, and again, too, I mean, $10 tickets. This is like 92. Right. And he skipped town. He skipped town and made it to Louisville, wherever he's at now, with money from my parents. Because my parents, because I had, I had sold like 200 tickets for a show. That, and that's how I ended up. I didn't really know Dennis. He was a promoter at the time. But the, what happened was we got a call from the commission, and the school got a call. Because I've got posters out. I've got sponsors and people in Catonsville. I got, I'm selling blocks of tickets because it's like it would have been like my second or third show, but it would have been me wrestling in Catonsville High School, like my old high school, yeah. a year or so after I had graduated. Um, and uh, we had sold, my parents ended up because I had sold so many tickets and I didn't want to, and he skipped town with the money. My parents ended up paying back, I mean, I'm 21, not even 20, maybe 19. 20. Yeah. Um, yeah, my parents ended up paying it back, and he, that's how Ian skipped town. And went. he's never been seen in Baltimore <laughs> since. He skipped town on basically money, my parent, my show money that he, a, a fake show that he put together, and that my parents had to pay back. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's I haven't crazy. seen Ian since. That good, was good on you uh, for for getting yeah. your money back at least and making that a brighter story, brighter yeah. ending. Yeah, it's so that closed, and I was just kind of floating. I remember we talked a little bit just about where we, you know, where I could go. Like you, you were saying that you were thinking about opening the school again, and so it was either I could drive to Ring of Honor, who was openly taking students at the time at their Bristol dojo. Bristol, yeah. But at the time, I was at the agency in, in Alexandria, mm-hmm. so it was just kind of crazy right. to drive to Bristol or even further to Allentown for the Samoans. Pops, you yeah. know. Uh, so I, you know, hung local and did some reps locally, and that just, you know. Uh, uh, you know, I get a lot of credit to guys like Jimmy Stars and Sean Cannon because um, they went out of their way and they took care of me. Where you know the guy running the show was just, you know, he he's what he is and kind of a you know a jerk. Uh, I ended up getting kicked out of there, uh, so he, I'd pay with a card just because you know cover my tracks, and he charged like every time it'd be a different fee on the swipe. I'm like, hey man, like I'm paying you the same money, but my fee is different every time. He's like, oh, I don't know. It's a, you know, it is what it's it is. It's a glitch. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a glitch. It's a glitch. Oh, he noticed that. It's a glitch. So it was like, only hey, a glitch because you noticed it. Right. Right. Yeah. He, he got upset that I was calling him out. I was like, hey, man, you know what? You need the money more than I do, I guess. And he was like, get out. You can never come here again. Like, oh, man, here I am. <laughs> Messed this one up. And then the school opened up like a month or two later. Yeah, and you kind of, uh, but you were a guy that was hungry and people liked that. Um, people like that kind of make their way. Like you mm-hmm. figure it out um, when you are determined. Again, with me too. Like, and and Shamrock, who you know at the time we started with five, six, seven people, and uh, you know a majority of people don't make it and don't have that desire right. to push forward. When that happened, I was like, oh crap, and the school's closed. But I, I was gonna make it. It just so happened that. Axel and Ian had been beating me up and kind of started taking a liking to me and Shamrock that they were like, okay, come on. Like, and I'd go to shows with them and they'd introduce me to people. Um, 
So you you kind of you find a way. I think every that happens with everybody. I was kind of figure it out. So I was coming around and helping mm-hmm. guys, you know, doing the ring crew thing, and uh, like Ronnie was letting me roll with them a little bit before shows. He'd show me a little something while they were getting you know getting ready, and I ended up palling up with like you know uh, JP and and Jesse before she left, and Hoss, and you know they all kind of took me under their wing, and you know just kind of waited for a school to open, and you know that was that. Uh, you know they took me on the road with them. And, but you kind of got to watch mm-hmm. how everything was going down and how everything, you know, just that was fun, you know, being on the road and just, you know, everybody's just real pumped about wrestling and mm-hmm. you just talk about wrestling the whole way there and back. And it's just, it was awesome. Now, was when of, did you know you wanted to do this? Like, was this a childhood dream? Was yeah, this, it, it really, Take us back to Little Ken. Man, Little Ken was a nerd. <laughs> 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 like the little Jerry Maguire kid with some bowl cut and glasses. And, man, I was a loser. Um... Yeah, so like I didn't like wrestling. I wanted to watch cartoons on Saturday mornings. Okay. I started out that way. I, um, I will just I remember my mom took me to the dentist yeah. once and WCW was on. It was Cactus Jack and I was like, Man, can't we go to forty five and watch cartoons? <laughs> and that that was like little Larry though, yeah. you know, like uh but I wanted to watch X Men and me and my brother were getting into fist fights. Um, about what we were gonna watch on Saturday mornings and finally you know, my parents had made us we had to alternate so I'd have to watch uh, Superstars was on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Uh, and eventually, you know, we would get to where he'd be watching Raw. And uh, I think the moment I remember the most that just kind of hooked me was uh, when Mankind had debuted. And he was making guys throw up and they were blurring it out on TV. Uh, it was nuts. I remember that. It was Bob Sparkplug yeah, Holly. Bob, I, I didn't want to say Bob Holly because Bob's beat me up a couple times. No, no, I, no. Call I, him I Sparky Plug. I, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. See, we, yeah. I share a locker room with Bob sometimes. Um, I'm 0-2 with Bob. I need, I, you know, you got to get my seat back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time I'm seeing him, I'm like, hey, Bob, I suck less now. So maybe, you know, maybe third time's a charm, yeah? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like that was, that was nuts to me that that was a thing. And then I saw like Shawn Michaels and it was like, the Tiger Stripe Shawn Michaels. That was the coolest Shawn mm-hmm. Michaels to me, you know. Uh, it was the same thing. Like, these guys are just cartoon characters, except they're real people. Like, that was it. That's funny. You remember those. Do you? What was you, Larry? Like, what do you remember a match? Like, I, I remember, I know the match that got me hooked. I, I mean, I guess um, I remember specifically... I believe it was uh, Macho Man fought Andre the Giant on Saturday night's main event, and Buster right. Douglas was the referee. Yeah. And I remember I fell asleep by the time the main event happened because I was I was a kid. Um, but I remember it just being a big deal that they kept advertising like this Saturday night, it, Saturday, Saturday Night, night Live is night. like yeah. yeah, it's preempted for and Saturday the, night's the, main and event. And you remember the dun, 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 uh-huh. dun, dun. for me it was we were talking about him before the show started, Jack Adonis. Was friends or Dave Witt? Yeah, was friends with my brother, and he brought over this tape, this v that had just happened, I guess, like on the Madison Square Garden network, and he's like a, a v, VHS tape, big clunky tape. I remember, yeah, big clunky VCR. Hulk Hogan defeating the Iron Sheik for the WWF title, and that was it. And I'm and he said he's like, you gotta watch this. When I watched it, and I was just, you know, Hulk the night Hulkamania was born. Yeah. 
And I was just like, what is Mesmerized. this? Mesmerized, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what like, is this? Those you are such glorious I mean? moments, yeah, like both of them, yeah. and they're not just you know, watching guys throw up. And then years like, oh. later, you'd have the Iron Sheik at your wedding <laughs> and putting your dad in the camel clutch. So, yeah. Who ever predicted that? Tara, do you remember yours that kind of got you hooked? So as I mentioned last week, I've had a few concussions, so no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, do, I don't remember specific matches like that, um, and, but I remember my childhood having wrestling in it, and it was a family event. My parents were wrestling fans. I remember, you know, we'd put, we'd put it on TV. I'd hear the music, come running. I loved Ultimate Warrior. We were talking about this earlier. Um, you know, not because of the person that he was, but for <laughs> the energy that he brought and what got me. Like, if I heard his music, it was, oh, he's on. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so that was, it reminded me of that happy childhood experience and, you know, how we'd all gather around together as a family. Yeah. And my sister had hers that she liked and I had who I liked. My mom had who she liked. You know, um, they were Bret, Bret Hart fans. Um, you know, I was too, but... Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to clarify that while he, I will say that he was one of my favorites, I, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that because of the lovely person that he later was. Right. Outside of the ring. Outside of the ring. Yeah. Yes. Him, yeah. And, and I have an Ultimate Warrior tattoo on my arm. I mean, it's really discreet. Not, you know, not everybody can see it, but I, I feel like I need to put that disclaimer out there that it was not because of that, but it was because of what it meant to me as a child and what hooked me. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Ken, because when you were mentioning how it was not just mankind the character but it was actually the the mandible claw yep. and how he would you know make people vomit you know something that we'd never seen it takes me back even though i remember the advertisements for macho man versus andre and that being a big deal I remember when outlaw Ron Bass took oh, the nice. spurs oh, off yeah. his boots yeah. and cut Brutus the barber beefcake's face but it wasn't that it was the big red the X, X yeah. that they kept flashing across the screen. Yeah. And I was like, I want to know what's going on behind <laughs> that X so bad. And I want to keep watching for the next time yeah. that something like that happens. So it's interesting that kind of that sleight of hand mm -hmm. of like, because we know that, that was probably Alka-Seltzer tablets in Maha what? Like, or what? whatever. What? <laughs> He like, wasn't really vomiting. It was like just. Wait a minute. It was white chunks. It was like white, like spit it's up, foamy. you know? But yeah. you know what the result of that was? The result of that was Beefcake being unable to compete for the Intercontinental title. <laughs> that's right, and the that Ultimate Warrior. That's right, yeah, yeah. the Intercontinental Champion. That's right, yeah, you put me on the spot there. Uh, yeah. I didn't know you were talking yeah, about that, mankind and the uh, result of making people no, throw one was... when he got yeah. Beefcake. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, then he, couldn't, he couldn't compete. That's right, and yeah. That, that kicked off the Ultimate Warrior, you know. And for me, remember Ultimate Warrior doing Saturday morning squashes, but nothing... It did, he didn't jump out at me, but, man, when the honky-tonk man, when that music hit, yeah. I came yeah. down and beat him in, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. That's great. It was it. It was off and running with me, too. Yeah. And shout-out to honky-tonk man, because even though he didn't do much, if you watch that couple, I don't know how long it is, 47 seconds, <laughs> man, does he wind up for that clothesline oh, that he's going to give him that oh, warrior yeah. ducks, you know? And that's yeah. pretty much all he did. And he took yeah. the band, took the band, took the band, up, down, yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So violence. It was the violence that, as a child, that really yeah. got you. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Really, if you. I like what I like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the history of violence really started at a young age. I, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Weird. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's right. It's right on time for yeah. me, if you ask. You know, um, and you, I guess, didn't you kind of had um, a trajectory much like we were talking last week with the guys? You kind of got your career and everything in order. Yeah, um, um, right. Because you were kind of come in, you would had a career. You know what I mean? You kind of so went. I, uh, I kind of like I was the dumb kid that just graduated high school. And was like I'm going I to wrestling I, like, school. I, I got I, no I, other plan. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done that. I just didn't know how guys became wrestlers. Mm, yeah, uh, I didn't know. Like it's just you know I kind of lost touch with it a little bit after high school. Mm-hmm. Like I watched, but I'm just more into playing the video games and just sure. you know doing that kind of stuff and all. Um, it wasn't until I moved here. So I so we got here in 2002. My mom retired out of the army, and I moved back uh, after high school. I moved back. And that's where I met my wife, and she came with me when I came back because I, you know, I was out on my own and wasn't really working out. And dad, I need a job, and so we came back, and like that's, you know, it was after it was after a while was when Gilbert's opened up. But like, yeah, I had a job, um, got to you know do some traveling for that, and uh, yeah, it was probably twenty seven, twenty eight when I broke in the business. But you know, it was I, it's one of those things I look back now. And I'm glad I did. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh told yeah. Him, I told him that last I, week. I, uh, yeah, things kind of worked out for me. Here I am, you know, MCW and all that stuff. And I, I took. But I, you know, I, I wish if I could go back and do things different, I probably would have. Because I think I, I was more like Wild West. Yeah. Like again, I don't know. I don't have plans. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. I was. I mean, you know, I'm, I mean. So I, I think you guys in like SOS last week. I think. I ultimately mean, you I'm envious of guys like Leo. Who, who hustled and, and, you know, he made it work. Right. And, you know, I got to witness that firsthand where he was just, this is it. All Ooh, my eggs yeah, are in right. this basket. But a lot of guys, like I run the guys in the locker room and everything they had went into the car for gas and, like, they're eating candy bars because that's, you know, that's just how things went with their, you know, with, with moving merch and what they were getting paid. And I'm like, your whole life is in that bag, in that bag you know what I mean? Like, if somebody mm-hmm. steals your gear, you're – your life is over. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I dig it, but personally, I like knowing where my next meal is coming from, and I don't want to put that control in somebody else's hands. Right. Um, so, like, I, I, I'm, I'm happy. Like, I have a job that I could do anywhere in the world, and I've done it. And, you know, now that I'm in the wrestling, you know, they just follow each other. I can go wherever I want and yeah. do either one of them. And, and, and I, I, but I think there's something to be said. You know, Leo – obviously our kid but an exceptional talent that's he's a, he's, he's a, a rare he's a different where it could have like everybody knows so like leo had his ups and downs with his you know in the locker room with wwe it's pretty well known and and he admits now you know it was there was some immaturity on his end the you know that came from youth that was you know what i mean that right. could be a, i've seen in the 25 plus years i've been doing this a lot of really talented young people make those mistakes get labeled you know what i mean get like a black eye on them mm-hmm. on their reputation and don't recover mm-hmm. it and they become bitter and they right. you know leo's gonna be fine he's so freaking talented he's a hustler like so that's what board, I, i'm so. saying that yeah. being that young where that can you know what i mean like that's the downside like you can be real young you you came in yeah you're a little bit older um same with you know sos but matured you know what I mean? Where when opportunities, yeah, I was like, better right, here, right, right. coming in here, here right. yeah. And that, that translates to when that opportunity comes, like it's coming for you guys now, right? You're, you're, you've lived the ready. life, you've yeah. lived the life of maturity. I feel like know. I can look at things with a different lens mm-hmm. of and not so. of youth. It's like 
you know, even when I first started breaking into wrestling, it was one of those, like, you know, people tell you and you hear this and this and this. And, you know, having been a little older, I, like, I believed it because this was my first kind of jump into, like, getting stuff in wrestling. And then I believed it. And then you just kind of get let down. And then my, you know, real being a, an adult and a human being, like, I'm like, okay, until the bell rings, it's not, I, I'm not going to get excited about it. It's just not worth getting my feelings hurt. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, now I think that's just, I'm happy about being an adult and getting into it a little later because now I'm able to, you know, make those decisions and kind of like I can see through the BS. Right. And there's like there's a quite a bit of it if you, you know, if, yeah, if yeah. you surround yourself with it. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah. Well, we want to talk to you a little bit more about, you know, some of that advice that you got uh, when you started training. But we're going to take one more quick little break. And when we get back, I want to hear about the foundation that, you know, was forged right here in MCW Pro. Let's do it. And we are back with Ken Dixon. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Before we took a break, we were talking about your early uh, experiences with wrestling, being a fan, uh, coming into it at a little bit later age, Mm -hmm. and some of the um, promotions that you worked at before coming here. So um, I wanted to hear about your, you know, journey here at MCW. Tell us a little bit more about that, how you got to be Ken Dixon. Did we start uh, well, like right before the school? Didn't we? Did we kind of start? Were you doing the security thing for yeah. Ryan? Mm-hmm. Like right before that was literally the school. Yeah, it was maybe one one show, and then we had the open house, and that's when you know the school opened in June. Mm-hmm. I think it was June, but it was the April April show when Jake the Snake was here, and the the whole security thing yeah. started. Yeah, yeah. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the old the old red canvas. That's Look right. at that building. Look at Renee. Man. <laughs> Look at that stuff. Was that your first match? Yeah, so my first match in Waldorf. Uh, G-Fed? Yeah, because Buck got into an accident. RJ was like, you bring your gear? Yeah. It's like, you wanna, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should do it. I, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know. Was that your first, first match? Uh, no, no, I'd been working, uh, Tyler had Doing me right. on once or twice. MCW that was my first MCW mm-hmm. match, uh, my first singles. Yeah. Um, otherwise I was, you know, kind of hidden in on the tag team and yeah. with Hawes and, uh, yeah, I was nervous, so nervous. And George took care of me. And, yeah. and that was such a great crowd down there at Waldorf. Like, yeah. I hated that building. Just because logistically, I, I just yeah, didn't. I didn't like it visually. The lighting I didn't like wasn't the way good. It looked like, on yeah, camera. pictures are always kind. But I loved the crowd there, and you know, uh, Waldorf is super close to Hollywood, and we've talked on this show multiple times before. Not if you ask before. them. I, which I don't. <laughs> not if you ask. I know them. they know. They, it's really <laughs> it's hard. Like they won't go. It's another world, and I don't get that because they're too far. Won't do it. Twenty <laughs> minutes apart, and I have no idea why they feel that way. But um, yeah, yeah, great crowd in Southern Maryland, Easy uh, Hollywood, Waldorf, like. I love those kind of crowds. That's why I like mm-hmm. working in the South. Like, and, but you brand. know that you, you talk about that like 20 minutes. That was something. Me and Dennis, um, when we came back, in, you know, we had, we had kind of built our crowd over like Glen Burnie, Michael's 8th Avenue and that mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. And when we came back and we started running the North Point Flea Market, I mean, granted, you got your – the people we mention all the time, the Greg, Papa Lucas, and Charles. Mm-hmm. And I used Dr. to sit D. in the front row with like, Greg. They come, but for oh, the most yeah. part, didn't really? <laughs> yeah. The most people yeah. would be like, oh, we, we when are you guys coming back to Michael's? <laughs> yeah. Like, and we're like, it's it's 15 minutes. It's right across the bridge. Right. Because the bridge. Yeah, but it's a, it's a bridge. And a toll. And a toll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So we actually, I don't remember when we came back, we were doing, 
we started doing like, hey, we'll pay your tolls, bring your toll receipts. Oh, what? Yeah. We were doing that yeah. at that point yeah. because it was like we were like, well, we don't have like this is where we're running. Right, right. So we this gotta find running. a way to talk them in the building. Talk them in the building, and, wow. and we did that. We were offering that. And it's like so weird, you know. You got your hardcores, but yeah. some people, your average, and I'm like, I don't know. For wrestling and everything I've done in real estate, all I do is drive, drive, drive. So. For me, it's like 15, 15 minutes. It's, I yeah, do that every right, day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all over, you know. And I'm the same way. I mean, like, I'm not from Baltimore. I'm from about an hour and a half away from here. And so I would drive to visit my family, like, every three weeks or something. But I remember RJ and I, I would say, hey, let's go out to dinner in Towson. And he'd say, all the way in Towson? I'd and I would look thing. at him, and I'd be like, but, <laughs> like, it's four miles. What do you mean all the way in Towson? Right. And we would, so we got to where we, like, joke about it. But he would say that all the time. I'd be like, oh, let's go here. And I'm like. What do you mean? And and it's I I don't know it's some kind of Baltimore mentality yeah. they got going on like you can't cross I do the same these, thing like the only, you can't cross only time I cross the bridge is to go to Jimmy's it's the only time I cross the bridge <laughs> yeah otherwise <laughs> I don't like leaving the house like, right it's too far and we <laughs> but I'll drive eight hours to go wrestle for seven right. right right but we built our own little audience in Hollywood oh yeah but mm-hmm. yeah Waldorf too that Southern Maryland everybody down there what a great audience we yeah. miss them just like we miss rest of our fans but. So who was who was a part of your class when you were training? I know we saw a little bit of video up there, but who were like in class numero uno? The infamous one, the one we were yeah. talking about with Joe Keys, the with one where everybody's loaded making class. It. with Leo yeah. and Joseph and Patrick, Patrick. and Renee. Renee, yeah, Renee was intermittent because she was, you know, she was already she had a cup running. of coffee. And yeah. Um, in she, the business, she was, but she was she really was, getting trained. She was just doing valet. Remember, she she was just kind of doing valet yeah. stuff. She yeah. wasn't really getting. She kind of really started getting trained, like, to wrestle. Here. It was fun, yeah. you know, getting close with Renee and knowing Jesse and then yeah, them Jessie, right. being, you know, girls. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, Leo, Patrick, uh, um, I think that was it for, uh, for new guys. Yeah, Joseph yeah. was there. Uh, there might have been one or two other floaters, you know, but guys, you know, faces, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, things are blurry. But you always remember those but guys. A, a lot of that crew is either broken through or starting to break yeah, through. Yeah, it's nuts. And yeah. We, we, we'd have talks in the car about it all the time. And, you know, like everybody who was going to do something with exceptions, you know, like Dante and, and, and you know, maybe like Rob, everybody who was going to do something came in that class because mm-hmm. there's been so many guys who were right on the cusp and they just stopped coming mm-hmm. or they got hurt, mm-hmm. you know, or – uh it's a bummer, and like I would talk to Rich about it years later, where like I don't even learn some of these guys' names because I like I want to invest in them and I want to give them all this information, and I understand why guys didn't do it to, for me for a while. Like it took a while for guys to warm up because they don't want to waste their time. Right, right. Like, you spend all this time yeah. pouring information well, it, to people, and then they just just right. I don't, you know, I don't feel like doing this anymore. And it's heartbreaking, yep. and that you know, how, you know how like everybody and and RJ was kind of known like as my gatekeeper, yeah. Like stay <laughs> yeah. away from Dan, don't yep. talk to Dan. That was the ladder. Dean, RJ, Ken, Joe, and Rob. <laughs> yeah, like so that was a thing because when RJ was really pushing, RJ was really pushing to you know he wanted to come in and step in. Pat had had started with the school. And I, I didn't want any parts of it. That was the whole thing when, when Pat pushed me to come back. And it's not that I didn't want to t- and teach anymore. Even though I had had the school closed for years, I couldn't take the heartbreak anymore. And I remember having that conversation with RJ. And the guys would be like, what do you mean? And I'd, I'd say, 
it's great. Like for me, people like Mickey James and Vita and Orlando Jordan and all Derek Moore, the referee that made it. But um, the people that you invest yourself in emotionally, even mm -hmm. forget the fact that they're paying you. That's irrelevant, and you're running a business. You you get caught up and you invest emotionally in these people, and they break your heart when they quit. Yeah. And you get your heart broke. It's like being in love, you know, relationships. And and you get your heart broke and you get cold. And, and I would always tell. And then I, I remember a few years ago, like when RJ started saying, like, man, it really does wear at you. And I'd say, yeah, that's why, like, I didn't want. And I, I wouldn't even like you, Leo, Joe. It was a couple years before I'd start, like, to get better, mm -hmm. more friendly with you. Because I'd yep. say, like, I, I don't want to start investing and teaching because you're giving like a piece of yourself that you've gotten from other people and then they quit and you're like, man, that guy or that girl had all the opportunity and potential in the world and they just yeah. walked away and I felt it hurts and it does. And, and you do and then and and RJ like, figured that I'd out. I work with my apprentices. I'll have a good apprentice for six months or a year and then mm -hmm. he decides he wants to go change tires. It's like, man, I just you know, ran my mouth for a year trying to, you know, impart this wisdom that was passed down to me. All, you know, all guys, all professionals want to do is pass it on. Mm -hmm. Right. And plus, you know, most of us just like the sound of our own voice anyway. We just want to pass it on and want to share it with yeah. other people. Um, it's funny you were talking about RJ coming in because that security spot uh, when I broke in with Ryan, uh, I got my ass chewed by Rich and Earl and they were just cussing to me and cussing to me and like, they just kept repeating themselves, so I just kind of tuned out because, I, you know, okay, you already said it. I'm done. Like, I'm done listening now. Just kind of Homer Simpson floated out of my mm -hmm, body. And mm -hmm. uh, after they left, like, you, I, you said something, and it's just like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll fix it, whatever. And then they just, rah, 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 rah. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> and RJ was there, and he just kind of, like, he taught, I don't remember, really remember the conversation. And he's like, look, this was wrong, this was wrong, this is why. And I want to help you. I'm going to be around more. I want to help you guys fix it. And, like, I didn't recognize him because I used to come to shows, uh, you know, in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. I have, like, fan pictures with him that are, like, so hidden. It's oh, not even wow. funny. Where he let me hold the belts. Like, him and Pat oh. let me hold the belts. And, yeah, you've, you'll do anything to prevent them from coming out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, like, yeah. no facial hair. Like, yeah, hair on wow. my head. is Yeah, never. I told him I had him, and I would never show him. <laughs> like, actual physical pictures. Um, wow. But yeah, like so you, I just didn't recognize him. Mm -hmm. you, so you I was kind of like, did. "Oh, this guy is, thanks." Right, right. And it turned out to be the blue. Yeah, he was yeah. standing next to me in the green room, and RJ was, you know, people know our, our relationship and first student. He was standing next to me in the green room, in the back, and it was getting awkward because I'm like. <laughs> Who is this guy? I swear. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Like I 10 minutes actually. and he's standing there and I got to where like I could feel him looking at me. I can't remember <laughs> who was there. Maybe maybe Booker T. Maybe it was around the time where they were at Booker T. No, well, no that was, was later. on that show with Booker was T. Was he? Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't was there. In that match. Okay. Yeah, I, so but I, I distinctly that. remember and I remember feeling yeah. uncomfortable that this guy <laughs> is standing here and then I look, he's smiling. And I remember it being a couple minutes. It felt like hours. <laughs> and then I'm like, RJ? But, like, it was 10 minutes where I didn't. <laughs> he was waiting. It got to be obvious that he was waiting for me to acknowledge him. But I was like, 
who is this freaking jabroni <laughs> <laughs> standing here in the Got locker eight room by like ten ready? Right. Yeah, you want to book me? Arch- I mean, you, what what did he? Tara, he had at that point he had shaved all his head off. It was he had went from mm-hmm. long scraggly hair, no beard, right, right. clean shaven, and probably down a hundred pounds. Well, he was there at the end with Gilbergs too, and that was not a, a not a good period for him. Right. So this was after yeah. that. Um, when he 14. took a, when he walked uh, yeah he walked away for a few years took a maybe from like 2012 to 2014 I believe yeah so it was yeah. right around then and then nobody had seen him you know right. I mean like he literally wasn't even in this state for a chunk of time so right. nobody had seen him and um, you know I, I think he was he underestimated the effect that he his appearance Man. was going to yeah, have yeah I like, literally yeah I didn't he was standing right yeah next to like him, he wrestled at the green room first was I think his first <clears throat> match back against uh, Mustafa. Uh, it's a funny story <laughs> about that one later. But I'm just when, thinking, like, he must have He came back that. with Gangrel. Like, right but the here, people, that was it, here. Yeah, and even here. Like, I remember being here and being, you know, doing security for that. And, is like, looking back now at, you know, he was like, I'm kind of a big deal. He <laughs> was a big deal. Like, because yeah. the people, like, were like, oh, that's him. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Where's why the rest of them? I was so right. in, that's why I was so insistent on that match yeah. being in. You can see it on his the, face. Um, yeah, and it was like that, that Edge Royal Rumble we moment, like we, like where Edge comes out. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, this is really happening right now. Yep. Like they remember me, like x amount of years later and then this was same like same kind of deal with him like yeah. he comes out and it was a shock reaction from the fans and you could hear the fans like that's bruiser like you could hear them saying it that. spread so like I it was re- a wildfire type of effect like yeah, yeah. I, I know i said earlier i don't remember a lot of matches but for whatever reason that one always stuck out in my head and uh you know it, it was it was yeah. that feeling and that you know being reborn yeah, you know, Ken, it's really poignant what you mentioned about how Bruiser, after Earl and Rich had chewed you out, kind of like, uh, you know, had that kind of moment with you, like heart to heart, this is what you did wrong, this is what you could have done better, this is why. Uh, because I remember when RJ came back and he was the slim down, clean shaven RJ, I remember observing him so much getting back into that coach's role mm-hmm. that I remembered from the old bone breakers that the <laughs> locker room leader that he was. So it's just a testament to like what was inside him to drive him to take oh, he, he was still the kinder, gentler. He was still a hard yeah. ass. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> oh well yeah, yeah, he yeah. He was like he like he expected nothing but perfection right. from us. But it wasn't in in such a role that like he's gonna make you feel bad about it. He will for a little bit. We're just gonna poke and laugh and ha ha Dumbass, and but then this is why you, this is why you, this is why this was wrong. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to do to get better. And like, I just I, I tell it to the guys now is you know it's okay to make mistakes, but it's not okay to make the same mistake over and over. Like doing that means you're not coachable to me, and then right. I, I can't mess with you. So make a new mistake if you're gonna mm-hmm. make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's even okay to bust your trainer open. Man, I know? I was gonna <laughs> get into that. I, Man, I beat him up so much. <laughs> he just he left himself open for me and like thought I was gonna take care of him and like uh it was a Wednesday. The school was open on Wednesdays briefly. Mm-hmm. And I was down here, I came down with Flash. Were you here? Or did I, you hear about it? I must have heard about it. So could have been here. I came I in remember. with uh, it was, was it was me, Ryan, Flash, Ronnie, uh and RJ was here, maybe somebody else. But he had uh snap mare and he went for that Mr. Perfect flip over thing that he used to do and he came in real tight so when I came down I my my front teeth went right into his forehead and you gashed him open. Gashed wide yep. open and I'm like oh <laughs> Flash is like he's gonna kill you <laughs> I'm like oh 
oh no, I just like I'm I'm new. Right, right, I'm gonna right, die. Right. I should probably just leave. Uh, right, you just roll out of the ring and just go right out of the building. Like he, he was wouldn't have been the first. Right. Man, he was like, see you Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, man, he was the coolest man. Like he never got like, hot at me. Like he it was always a learning moment, or it was you know it was like oh man, I was on me, and that's something that I you know I mm-hmm. anything that happens. In the ring, I have to take control of it. Like, if I allow it to get out of my control, unless it's somebody that I trust enough to take control, then it's on me. Like, ultimately, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah so many little things that are just subconscious. Like, yeah, just every time I make a mistake, right? You know, like I just, yeah, so many little things. Yeah, well, being able to receive that kind of criticism or to be able to receive feedback is a huge thing, and uh, you know. Uh, Sometimes you encounter people in this business who don't handle that so well. Oh, boy. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, we've all been around a minute, so we know that we've encountered people like this. There's so many soft and tender people now that break into wrestling, and you can't tell them they suck because it's subjective and it's art. Right. And you got to be nice. This yeah. is art. Who are you to judge my art? It's like, yeah. no, your wrestling sucks. And that's kind of what's on the marquee, right, is wrestling, not fancy art show or whatever <laughs> yeah. you're trying to do here. Like, it's, you're claiming wrestling and you're not doing wrestling. It's right. it's like JR used to say, it ain't ballet, you know? Right. Um, it's, it, ballet ain't on the marquee. No. Right, oh, right, right. Not this time. But it's, it's weird. You know, you're talking about kind of an era that we're in right now. And I kind of um, socially, basically, that's kind of happening. yeah. It's like um, the participation trophy era. Like, oh, you're pre- you know you know what and, I mean. And like, wrestling yeah. isn't, and I, I get it too because I like wrestling. Ken's right. I mean, wrestling. You're right. Like you, there's no. The only way guys get better, the only way I've seen guys and girls get better, is just being honest, like mm-hmm. brutal honesty. Like you suck, and then you're either, you know, you're gonna going to work through it you're yeah. going to get better or you're not and you're going to quit you know there's no um, that's the thing about you know working with rj and then joey later mm-hmm. like you always knew where you stood with both mm-hmm. of those guys and yeah. me like personally uh i like knowing that because if you don't telling me that i'm messing up then i'll never know and i'm going to keep making the same mistakes and i guess that's just something that i have you know kind of beat into me professionally as well like my boss can't get mad at me for messing up because you never told me. Like, the expectations mm-hmm. were never set. Right. Mm-hmm. So you set the expectations. Then you can get mad at me all you want. You know? So, like, I always knew where I stood with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know? So I could, you know, do my best to, to, to meet those expectations. But if you never set them, then you just open yourself up to just, you know, not have any expectations to meet. And you just do whatever you want. And right. kind of feel like that's where we're at now. Right. You know, all the all the vets are either gone or they've been signed up so now it's just carbon copies of carbon copies of carbon copies and and no bruisers <laughs> no 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 RJs there Man. to kind of like really tell them execute the what what why this is what you did this is what right. was wrong about it and this we is run what we the uh, like we would take it, like he came on the road with us like two or three times cause, oh wow cuz Luke begged him to come so finally begrudgingly <laughs> yes. he hopped in the van with us and we would That's go down awesome. to Luke's it was the best yeah cuz he would take over driving through the middle of the night because he didn't trust any of us. To <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better is if I drove you. Oh, I no. <laughs> I don't know. Between that, like, he'd get mad at, like, St- Sean Studd, you know, or, or Marshall for doing, you know, just Marshall things. And, yeah. Uh, between, like, having, you know, so imagine RJ over here with us and then having Bob Holly and Billy Gunn 
across the locker room and you're just you're getting hit from all angles with these guys that are just like men. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't take any crap from anybody. You know, just they'll beat you up just cause and that's just how it is. Uh it's the best. Like you gotta get burned. It's trial by fire, right? Yeah. Like those you, are the guys that are going to make you better. You mentioned Bob Holly. I, much like I do for a lot of guys that when they're guys and girls, when they're coming in and working hard and busting butt, I remember putting you with Bob oh, man. intentionally. Yeah. Like that was your first name. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. You've done that forever. Time, yeah, I've always, I, yeah. I always, for me as a promoter of guys and girls, you know, Tara working with Sherry Martell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I was a manager, I worked yeah. with probably every big name you brought in. To be as, honest, as I, I transitioned so many people, from, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. wrestler to trainer and then promoter, more, you know, and and I, that was I've always enjoyed that. Like I, people working and they're like, all right, I'm going to take and put them in there with a national name, you know, because it's, it's one thing to start getting comfortable. It takes you out of your comfort zone. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. you start, now you're getting on shows and you're working with guys that have been in your school or local guys. Yeah. Now all of a sudden... You're working Lawler. Now you're working, you know? you're working, you're working somebody you watched on TV for 15 yeah. years. And that changes everything. That changes everything. I remember when you told me I was working Sherry Martell. And I remember we were in a hotel room. It was me, RJ, you, and Kim. And I remember you telling me. And in my head, I was like... Oh my God! This is the coolest thing ever because I definitely watched her. But you got to play it cool. I was like, and then like a panic, panic sunk in, and I was like, Oh my God! I'm working Sherry Martell. What? What? And then I was like, What? I'm gonna mess this up. Like then I had all this self doubt. But I remember being told what that was the first real name I had worked. Yeah, and it was awesome. Multiple WrestleManias, multiple pay per views, internationally known stars. You would create those opportunities, and it's kind of like you're watching your kids. You know, uh, yeah. sink or swim, right? You know, um, sink or swim. We gave you the foundation here. Now get in there and do it with Jay Lethal or, right. or yeah. whoever have you. So, Ken, have you had a favorite person that you've worked with? Man, you've I've worked in a lot of promotions, too. I've been given so many opportunities to work with, like, top guys and just, oh, man. Um, if I had to pick somebody, uh, it'd probably be, like, Billy. I knew, um, I, I was going to cut you off and say Billy. Gunn, I've worked with Billy, yeah. or I, I, you know, Billy and I have wrestled on a, a handful of different promotions, you know, and like so many times here, uh, and you know, six man tags and eight man tags and singles, and um, I learned something new from him every time. Mm-hmm. Um, just the guy's still a machine on TV yeah. today. Yeah. Like guys still can't keep up with him. Uh, yeah, and it's just like yeah, you, you just can't. Yeah, yeah you just can't I was help. gonna say like he's like. Well, the reason so, I said I was gonna cut like tell me if I'm wrong here, but like that's one thing I as again watching him and all the different people I've put him in the ring with. Billy's like that Bob Holly where he's like you said, just a, a man. He's a man. He's a man. You know, he's a man and he's a tough guy. But I would watch him with everyone and and he watched him with you a lot doing stuff with the Dixon line. And he might get fired up and pissed, oh, yeah. but then yeah. he'll like walk around the locker room and cool down, and he'll come get you and go, "Come here." Unless Kevin Keenan's there, and yeah. then Kevin just keeps gassing him up. <laughs> yeah, what? But what he, you he, doing? Like, you messed it up. Like and you blew to, it. You know, it, it's important to him not to fire up, but then also mm-hmm. to come back, much like you talk about how RJ would teach and go. All right, well, here I was furious. We gotta let him cool moment. down, mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah. we'll go find him because if you don't find him, he's gonna find you, and then you're in trouble, right? Yeah, but yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every time I'd see him, or we get the you know we get a chance to wrestle, uh, I learned something new from him, and it's just from being in the ring, just trying to match his intensity. Um, like he brings it. 
Oh yeah. And like I you know, I remember watching him on TV as a kid and he was like a pretty big dude, but there were still giant guys, right? And then then I meet Billy Gunn for the first time. I'm like, this guy's freaking brick house. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, a horse. A horse. My bad. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um, sensors. And then, yeah, and then like, man, just imagine how big the rest of the guys are. Like, that's it's a it's a different era now because now larger now than life. Billy towers yeah. over majority yeah. of the guys. I was saying now. that a couple weeks ago. We we're talking about him. People have. He's a guy that his TV has never done him justice. Nope. You would not realize how freaking massive this dude is. Yeah. yeah. He's a He's fun to have in the locker room, too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the best. Yeah. 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 Hey. He's a fun guy to be around. Um, so, my bad. I didn't mean to well, cut no, you no. off, but a lot of the foundation right here, homegrown MCW Pro. Yeah. But you also mentioned another trainer that you had that really, you know, kind of guided you along. And I, I take it that was in the RO, ROH dojo, which uh, eventually you started training there a, a little bit extensively. Yeah. So, so um, Joey was here for a little while with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would kind of, you know, snag a couple of us here and there and, you know, work on us uh, with just fine tuning stuff mm-hmm. that we would end up doing at the dojo. Joey Mercury, to clarify yeah, yeah, for everybody who, who um, doesn't know. And then when the dojo opened, I was asked to come for the, with the first class, and that was pretty cool. Uh, and it just it got a little rough. Um, my wife got sick after that, and I was kind of intermittent just because he had always told me if my head wasn't in it that I and just personally, just from being around RJ and just what his expectations are, if my head's not in it, I'm not going to come because I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. And I just wasn't in the game. Because you know, I was worried Everything about my wife. Personally, right? Yeah, I was. I was worried, so I, you know, I would just be go home, or I just wouldn't want to be in the ring. Like I'd go and watch sometimes and take mental reps, but like, last thing I want to do is hurt anybody. And a lot of these guys came with me, mm-hmm. and these are my my day one guys. And like, I don't, I can't, I can't do it. I would, mm-hmm. it would kill me if I hurt one of these guys because my head wasn't in the game because mm-hmm. they're, they're trusting me. Um, but I learned a lot there, man. Um, I really did. Just it's a different. Man, it's way different than what I'm what I'm used to, and just from like the kind of wrestling that I like, uh, I like like mid south wrestling. I like watching Terry Funk mm-hmm. and you know Leather Glove Million Dollar Man. Like yeah. I like rough looking wrestling. Mm-hmm. So to go from just as the crow flies wild wrestling to now we've got a spectacle that's on television, like Ring of Honor with you know some of these just phenomenal technicians. Uh, it was a culture shock for me. Um, mm. So I'm like, and even now, as being brought in with the as the dojo, uh, just being everything stripped away, like there's not really a personality there. I'm having trouble just kind of gelling with it because it's wrestling is okay, but like at the end of the day, wrestling's a combat sport, and like I don't really want to play you know pretzels and you know. Uh, uh, stretch Armstrong games, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'd rather just hit you and we can keep it moving. Uh, so it's, you know, I'm button heads a little bit and, uh, you know, trying to keep that thing moving. Um, well, that goes right back to what you said when we asked about when you were a kid, what was the thing that really hooked you? Well, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't you know, those technical classics. It was mankind making guys throw up with right. the mandible yeah. claw, shoving it down their, their mouths and stuff. So I mean, like at this point, now that I'm like, I stopped playing video games once I started wrestling because I'm like, I'm my creative player now. Mm-hmm. So right. I, don't, I don't have a need for video games anymore. That's a great, I, I, yeah. I can do to myself whatever I want to do, mm-hmm. you know, within within reason. You You're know not getting I mean? replica belts anymore. You're winning actual championships. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's yeah. right. It's funny because a lot of friends from high school are starting to pop up on social media and like, oh, you do this now? 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't buy my belt at Target either, pal. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I'm West Virginia champion of the world. <laughs> That's right. My favorite thing about Indies, Indie promotions, West Virginia champion of the world. I was the one thing, uh, you, yeah. Shout out to uh, Tyler Cates, by the way. Tyler gave me so many opportunities at, with as PCW. Um, he gave me the ball to to run as as the top guy there. Uh, it was like a long time. It was probably almost two years, and I like he trusted me and you know helped me and put me in the ring with some guys that really pushed me. I got to work with Joey, mm-hmm. uh, DJZ, and you know um, there's probably a handful of other guys. I got to meet Hillbilly Jim. Working for Tyler. Wow. Um, Tyler, yeah, it's just it was a really great place to go and work with a mm-hmm. with a different crowd than what we have here. Right. So you know, That's right. that was a real fun part of my journey. Also. Well, we're going to hear a little bit more about your journey. Sure. I want to talk when we come back from this break about the uh, history of violence Sweet. and uh, some other things. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with our guest Ken Dixon. Wow. All right, back from the break. Um, Ken, we're, before we went to break, Tara mentioned, tell us about um, the history of violence here in MCW. How'd that whole thing get started? Uh, so, look, I, uh, in my younger days, I got to do some traveling, and, and I got to go to some places where some kind of messed up stuff happened. And, uh, um, a contract, I was a contractor for the Department of Defense, and I got to do some traveling. Um, and I just... So a lot of guys that didn't come home, mm-hmm. uh, and I just I feel like it's it's my duty that I get to live my dream that I gotta go I, I want to go the extra mile for those guys that didn't that didn't get to you know finish theirs, uh, and I do that in a way that I like to do it and I hit people because I like to do it it makes me feel good um, and that's 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 not like a gimmicky thing that's you know it's stuff that I like uh, I like watching violent movies you know I like doing kind of messed up stuff. It's fun. Um, yeah, it came around in MCW because I just really didn't feel like I was getting my due. Uh, I was getting a lot of a lot of cool stuff going, but I didn't really feel like there was anything that was kind of highlighting me and what I like to do. Um, the Dixon Line stuff was a lot of fun. Um, I really got to cut my teeth with Joe and Rob and ha, ha, ha. I had to cut my teeth. Um, <laughs> but where I got to separate and just kind of do my own thing, um, I'm just kind of an angry guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's just... Uh, oh, I remember this segment. <laughs> do, you, do you think... Um, Greg, like a think chicken. They, <laughs> I, I, think in, I think in everybody's... I think in everybody's career, when they're training, too, um, I always talk about it. It's, it's, it's guys figuring out who they are and finding themselves. And maybe that's that's where, like... Knowing who you are and the frustration and being also at a point where um, you're ready to find yourself. Those things all kind of meet. What's the, the, the saying is uh, preparation meets, like luck is preparation meets, when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, uh, that, that aggravation and all that you had combined with, you know, um, being ready and being at a point where you're kind of ready to find out and figure out who you were in the ring. You know, maybe that that history of violence is actually really who you are. It was it was just at a point where that th- those things were ready to come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like at the end of the day, I'm ten feet tall and bulletproof at this point in my career. Like I feel good, uh, and I'm really just not a big fan of rules, so I'll just push them as far as I can. Like I I don't really like rules in my personal life. 
Uh, oh, swingers, John, <laughs> sucker. Uh, yeah, man. Like it's, we're just all making, trying to make the trip to the big pay window. Uh, so that's what I like. That's what I like to do. Well, they say the most successful uh, pro wrestlers are the ones who can just turn that reality up, you know, uh-huh. a couple couple notches, you know, and really pull from their experience. And, you know, what it sounds like you said you witnessed uh, wasn't really a pleasant thing. And then that's kind of reflected in this style of wrestling. Um, so I guess it's a uh, pro wrestling 101 be be real, you know. Yeah, it's it's not ballet, right? It's not ballet. Like we said, yeah. Like, I'm not here. I, I, I think we talked about it in the previous segment. Like, it's just not, like, that's not, like, the sooner I can get out of here, the sooner I can go home and get a beer and do what I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. this is a job. I have a job I don't like. So wrestling is a job I want to like. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do what I want to do. And, you know, I'll push the rules as far as I can get them before I get disqualified because I'm just trying to get paid and go home. Like, we don't get paid by the hour here. Yeah, yeah. So just get it done and go home. Absolutely, right. yeah. Kind of like kind of like early Stone Cold Steve Austin. He ain't working by the hour, folks, you know? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, he, that's part of your charm. You're, let's call you brutally honest. Some, and, of these, uh, some guys need it. Like, yeah. Yo, yeah. People, you always know where you stand with me. Right. Because I'm going to tell you how, exactly how I feel. And I, it, it, it's cost me some opportunities in the past. Uh, it's still costing me opportunities now. But. <laughs> You know, at this point in my life, like, I'm getting older. You know, my door is closing, so I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. I'm going to do things the way I want to do them, and at least I'll go out knowing that I had fun, mm-hmm. and I didn't bend, I didn't change myself. Yeah, you're pretty pretty vocal on social media. Oh, it's um, such a game. Yeah, yeah and, you know, and, and it rubs people the wrong Good. way, you know? And and it reminds me of MJF as well, and, you know, he, he's... Max is in on it. Like, right, exactly. The right. fans are in on it now. Like, right, right. I've actually like people like think that I hate them, and most of them I do. Uh, but like, <laughs> social media is a joke. It's a it's, big if you joke. go on there right. looking for serious, serious topics of conversation, you just got into the wrong stuff, or you're kind of foolish. Mm-hmm. Like it's a joke. Only look, you go into my Instagram Explore page. It's wrestling, boobs, bodybuilding, and like. Probably dog videos now. Like, there's nothing serious, and I don't watch the news. The news is a joke. Like, that's all social media is for. Like, so I can just go in there and troll people, make them feel bad about themselves for a minute, and if they take it serious, it's on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I like to to play, you know, with my opponents because some of them will get upset. Like, are you mad at me? No, I'm just in your head now, you goof. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, like it's uh, it's my my lame attempt at psychological warfare. Because, like, you know, it works. Yeah, it does. That's what guys, I was going to say. Guys will get in their feelings. I can go into a locker room now, and I know that people don't like me. It goes back it's to phenomenal. That, that sensitive side, too, <laughs> of what you're talking about, how a lot of things have changed in the rest of Oh, it's you know, great. Bust, like, on, bust on a botch or, um, yeah. you know, a video. I, I don't know. I, I would. Um, I used to laugh at my botches. Uh, remember, we made that video that nobody does it better. Nobody video. does it better. <laughs> yeah. But nowadays, a guy has a botch, and you make fun of it or point it out on social media. Yeah, and I, I don't you do know. that too much because for every one that I point out, somebody's going to find three of mine. Right. So I don't really, I don't really do that. Um, I don't really, you know, I just laugh at just people being foolish, or mm-hmm. you know, like the Undertaker segment when that came out, and people instead of looking at a guy who was on top of the business for thirty years. You chose to get upset at him because he thought it was weird that guys stared at themselves in the mirror and played video games all day. 
right. instead of, you know, you know, that's what you took away from it. And it was weird because the fans were more upset than a lot of the wrestlers. I know, that's true. Like I noticed that. you let these people that are supposed to be buying tickets to come see you and you've let them so far in now. Like that's th- true. that you're your your family and these are your friends. Like they're people that pay to see you provide a service and like I don't owe them anything after my bell rings and my right. after I'm done with my match, I leave. And that's the last you get of me for free. Uh, but people like you've everybody's been included now, so everybody is entitled to this opinion. And I think it was probably Matt Hardy that's like, uh, uh, Twitter is the best thing and the worst thing ever because now everybody has an opinion, and that's that's a good and a bad thing, right? Um, yeah, I remember the Undertaker thing. I thought that was the weirdest thing. I remember he made those comments, and you know, there's no tough guys or whatever. And, grew up in an era where people had yeah. guns and knives in their bag. And I, I remember seeing lots of fans and, like, tweeting and all at wrestlers going, man, are you furious about this? And I just remember seeing, like, fans were, like, telling a lot yeah. of wrestlers, you should be livid. I'm like, well, well look, that, there's too many the fans in the made, locker room now at this point. How, how, many, like, how, many more, how many people in the business have made more money than The Undertaker and had more success, long-term success? So I think people in the – I mean, business, I just was like, oh, well, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Right. He's, he's entitled to it. That was on top forever. Yeah. Like, I just, I thought it was weird that as good of an interview that was, it was three hours, it was and a three-hour interview, and that's what you took from it. Right. It's like, you don't like me because I play video games? All right, man. <laughs> good luck. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, best of luck to you. It's a it's a dilly of a pickle as a, it's something yeah you're right <laughs> and uh, speaking of I guess fans having their input we got a uh, we'd like to get your input actually we got some stuff we're gonna put up on screen here sweet to take a look at man how much fun was that as as a young man or as a kid you know to just flip back and forth. Like I would go insane, like trying to record raw on one TV and watch mm-hmm. Nitro live on another TV, and like everybody's so divided now on what they like. Like I just wanted everything I could get my hands on as a kid. And right. I, you know what? That's kind of, again, it reflects society. You know, like with politics, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. choose a side. Yeah. It's really much like wrestling fans are like, I see it at times. AEW, all oh, WWE's going to go out of business, or AEW, <laughs> that guy's just losing money. It's like. You're a fan. You're like you have to choose a side. Why? Like the fans are like. Why can't you just they, choose they wrestling? Want, right. If you're a fan of AEW, you want the WWE to go out of business. If you're a fan of WWE, you know, and like Ring of Honor, their fans and like the Bucks and all went, and then people are like, "Yeah, Ring of Honor is dead." It's like, what? Wait a minute. Like to be for a healthy industry, like right. we should have many organizations yeah. that right. guys can go to work and make a living. People can make money at like. It's really very much like reflective of it's society. Weird. Like you have to pick your it's pick weird. your company that you're a fan of and support them, and everyone else should go out of business. Mm-hmm. And you cheer them if they the company runs into speed bumps. And it's very it's reflective of society right. the way kind of how everything is. Yeah, like, like pick your side and choose it. Well, we may have we may have been conditioned uh, because, quite frankly, and I think that we all can agree to this. It's all a conspiracy. Well. <laughs> I was gonna say there was nothing like. Open your eye, man. <laughs> I mean, you're you're. We're on the same page. The Monday Night Wars were really fueled by the New World Order. So right, if yeah. you think about it, it was it was it was gang warfare. It was the NWO, DX, the world. Pick a side. 
Which right. which of these two? Which which one's the more? I was a DX guy. Right. Yeah, I, got, I was. I, I was got so much suspension WWE. for. Yeah, suck it, suck it, suck it. Yeah. Yeah, I got so much trouble for that. It's fun now because now kind of on Wednesday nights you can kind of go back and forth. And you know what I do is if I see Tahuti or Patrick or yeah. someone that I know, I stick on that one. You know, and then if I see Mark or Mark Quinn or Isaiah Cass yep. and the other guys that I know, I stick on that one. You know. Um, right. But um, yeah, it's that's that was the fun part. I, got, I always thought that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was just flipping back and forth and never like never knowing and like yeah. the internet kind of ruined it all. Yeah, it that, definitely and, did. And that's what it is. It's like the entitlement. Like, and I like being like, surprised, so I don't even read dirt sheets anymore. Oh, like, weren't that the best moments of like Raw? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Raw and SmackDown when it would happen, like when Lex Luger yeah. just night after a pay per view shows mm-hmm. up and yeah, um, yeah, like that. To me, I, I remember you know that that back then that was the. The best, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, ECW pre-internet when I was going up there, and man, they were getting hot. One of the things that made them hot was the surprises. Oh, dude, you know, when the lights, lights would go out, oh out, my god, damn! So, and Brian and, Pillman's in the ring, like or Lawler, you know, you know yeah. Able to pull that off today, like everyone would. <laughs> I kept, no, I pitched for that to happen. Like when Ryan comes back, we'll throw all the lights down. He was like, we can't do that here, man. <laughs> It's the emergency lights and there's people in wheelchairs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, yeah, man come on. Yeah, yeah. But remember when ECW did it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be the same for you in Joppa, Maryland, buddy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember my second match ever. Was, the lights went off in the middle of it. Oh, and we great. had heard, it was Kim and I, and we were doing a hardcore match, and we were up in Pennsylvania. And uh, we'd heard stories of, you know, when the lights go off, you know. And so the <laughs> lights went off during our match. And same we just man. looked at each other and went, Oh crap! Like, who's gonna come out? Like, who's gonna run? They legit lost power. Oh man! Okay, but we didn't know. Yeah, it was great. We literally, like, we're on the outside, and I'm just like, what are we? Like, who's coming out? Like, who's (laughs) like? We fully anticipated some. And this is my. I'm so green. This is my second match ever. It's a hardcore match. And oh, I was nervous. Great match. Any, right, right. Like, why not? And um, yeah, and that was. Uh, I remember that the the whole lights going off thing. Was that in York? No, I don't know where it was. I'm like looking to Dan because he he got us set up with all those Pennsylvania shows. I, I remember <laughs> it, but I'm trying. I'm trying. I was. It I'm, was in a big arena. It was a wing. Wasn't it like a wing bowl or something? Crazy. Like it was. I'm it was trying to remember. I, I remember it. I remember it. it there shut, were thousands of people there. It yeah. was something like the wrestling was before something else. Okay. Okay. So, so they so had this a big not crowd. What I'm like of. I yeah. feel. I remember I it, but I can't place it. it. Yeah. I, I was sitting here as you're, and God, I'm going, God, where was that? I remember it. I remember the like, the whole the whole building cut out. The whole power, the power went out. My friend Paul would know exactly. Uh, my friend Paul Corbin knows every match I've been in. He's a huge fan of wrestling, and he is he remembers it. And in fact, the 20 year anniversary of that match is, I think, right around this time because we were just talking about it. But uh, yeah, so. I get it. <laughs> yeah, well, find out like for that. us. I'd like oh, to know well, so I can, uh, you know, pull yeah. that up and. Uh, I will. You know, yeah. All right. Well, Ken, we've got some questions from our coffee club members. Okay. All right. So, uh, Dan would like to know how did you feel after losing a tooth in a wrestling match? I mean, how do you think I felt, Dan? <laughs> Uh, it's actually two. And that's not me, by the way. Not, I wasn't. I, I, I hope it's not this yeah. time. <laughs> you wouldn't ask a question like that. Right. Uh, it sucks. Like, you know, like I feel bad. Like, I got to go out with my wife now and, she, you know, try to be a respectable human being. But I look the way that I look. But it's it's great because nobody messes with us. Uh, like, I got to go to work. You know, people that have assumptions about me, they like to tell me they're messed up jokes because they, you know, they think that I look away. So they like to tell me stuff. And uh, uh, 
but it's you know it's great for, it's great for a lot of stuff. You and know, that, that happened with Ryan. Ryan, um, it was his brace or something. It was his knee brace mm-hmm. that hit me, and uh, I think that was Shamrock night too. Uh, I wrestled Leo the first night, and I wrestled Ryan the second night, and his knee brace on that split lake moonsault, right. that big Steve Austin brace that he oh, had, just yeah. bam. So we did have a big brace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, right. We finished the match, and I kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to bleed on the canvas because Rich was such a hard ass about the canvases and not getting <laughs> blood on them and stuff. So like, I kept my mouth shut, and I remember getting to the back, and I'm just like, ah, lots of cussing, and just was walking that way in the flea market, and then I saw how bad it was, and uh, I was so upset. I was like, oh, this is it, oh, I'm, I'm ruined. Yeah. I got my teeth knocked out. And then after, you know, Dean told me to suck it up. It was Dean. It's like, stop being a bitch, man. He's <laughs> like, this is going to be a good thing for you. <laughs> do you ever just mess with people out in public? Like if somebody says, hey, what happened to your teeth? No, do I got to wear the silly to... mask now, Tara. Um, I got to wear a mask I'm now. Sorry. So I don't know. Okay, before so the mask. Sees. Before the mask. Did you ever just mess with people? Like, yeah. I can see you doing that. So I have I have a flip, like a flipper, which is like the little retainer. Yeah. I don't wear it anymore because it's like I don't hate having plastic in my mouth. Yeah, who wants that? Um, Yeah, Uh, I I don't get that. I don't know where I was going. Uh, (laughs) So I I wear it and I would just play with it all the time because I don't want stuff in my mouth. Uh, So I just stopped wearing it. So now, like, I don't know, like, people don't mess with me. So if I ask them to do stuff, they just do it or, like, do they ever ask you about the teeth and you just give them, like, a ridiculous thing? So, like, where I'm working at now, they just found out because I got to tell them when I got to go for the bubble and stuff and mm-hmm. that, you know now that everybody wants to talk about it so I'm like hey man like nobody asks me about my teeth though no? I guess they just that's assume that's disappointing they assume I'm just a, you know just so have they seen you redneck. on TV in any of the TV matches or all they find them like some of them will be like oh you know I YouTube I googled it the other day and then they'll ask me and it'll be like some crappy match so I'm really just kind of bummed that that's the first one they saw <laughs> Not that birthday match. No, no. <laughs> that's a cell phone video. <laughs> right. And I would really be happy if everybody would just delete it. <laughs> yeah, that was the. I, I, I remember that. that was, I mean, if you can't I, laugh at yourself, somebody else will. I was on so. the other side, so I saw. I had the opposite camera angle. Oh, I was on the other side, and I, so I got the facial expression of your face when you hit the bottom, when the chair hit the bed. I could have landed on my feet, but at that point, I'm like, uh, whatever. Yeah, might as well sell it. Egg on my face. <laughs> All right, we got a couple other questions. Um, this is from Greg. Hey, Ken, where do you see yourself in five years? Mm. Hopefully with you know only one job. And that's a wrestling job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I would like to be. Um, uh, you know, uh, thirty six. So you know, doors aren't closed, but I think the uh, you know it's starting to get a little harder to open. Um, but that's that doesn't stop me from uh, still pushing, still training, and still trying to you know get out there and do my thing. Uh, uh, I feel like as long as I have something to offer, you know, physically or, or somewhere, that I'm going to keep going until. You know, I'm unable. I'm unable to go. Um, and even then, you know, I've always been the kind of guy that uh, I can help my friends. Then I'm more than happy to do it because that's mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, you know, like Leo was. He always got us booked because yeah, he didn't have a I car. Remember that? Yeah. So yeah. like, <laughs> if, if I can help my buddy out and you get us booked, like, right? That's awesome. Like, right. I'll be more more than happy to do it. Like, if I have it to spare, 
I, you know, give it all for my day one guys and mm -hmm. even some of these new guys, you know, it is what it is. What yeah. a way to be. Um, another question was, when do you feel like you came into your own and when you started to get it or what, did somebody tell you, you're, you've got it, you've made it? Who's asking that question? Does it matter? <laughs> no, it's, it is it's actually... It's an inside uh, question. It is? I think that's inside baseball. Not, I, I think it's Dan Garrett, actually. It oh. isn't. We already oh, answered this This was actually, yeah, it was great. He actually had like a three-part question. Okay. So okay. we already answered um, the earlier part. What got you into I think once sport, I got rid of that punk Ryan McBride, had to jettison the garbage right there. <laughs> when I slapped him in the mouth in Hollywood, Maryland, ran him into a brick wall. Um, no, I, I really think, um, I don't remember, man. I really don't remember. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things I feel like it just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. And even still, there's, you know, I'll be out and I'll have to ask Keener to be my ears because it's still sometimes hearing, like you can hear when, you know, things are going the way you want them to go or if they're not and maybe you need to pick stuff up. Uh, so I don't know, man. It was probably right before I got into the dojo. I think I was really firing and even before the pandemic. I felt like I was doing some of my best work. Mm -hmm. uh, so that just kind of threw a wrench in everything. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of picking the pieces up now. Okay. And who, uh, who, is there someone who challenges you to do better, be better? Uh, Joe. Okay. Joe Keys. Uh, Joe's, he's a machine right now. Yeah. Uh, Joe and like Brian Johnson, mm -hmm. uh, guys that, from the dojo. And, um, Every time Joe learns something new, he shares it with me. Or he's always kind of, you know, he's getting to the next step, like the matchup with Gresham, and he's kind of picking those kind of things up. Um, he knows what I like. He knows I like good Southern wrestling. It's just what I like. But he's always kind of pushing me to, to do more, that this is kind of what the next level thing is, and you know, this is where things are going. Uh, you got to do this. You know, think about this, and then you can sprinkle some, some of your wrestling. Um, so, yeah. All right, uh, just two more. Uh, when will you land that Bush Beer advertising deal? Man, I don't know. I'm working on it every day. I don't know how many times I can retweet their stuff <laughs> with pure gold, but I drank five of those bad boys before I got in here, and I had to save one. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. I, as soon as they open their eyes and just see what they have, and then we'll be good to go. But Well, the, the fans listen to the cast. They can <laughs> yeah. light up their Twitter. That's Heck right. Yeah. Yeah. Light up their Twitter. That's all we need you to do. Handle? I don't even know. I need you guys to tag Hierarchan Dixon. <laughs> That's right. It's at um, Bush Beer. Let them know. Okay. <laughs> it's a nectar of the gods. All right. And the very last question that we have for you is, uh, how many times a day do you have to ghost Greg Excellent's mom? You kidding me? She still owes me 22 and a half hours. She owes me 22 and a half hours. She cheated me. That whole family cheated me. I got denied out of my time. And then he stapled my gooch in front of the live audience. You didn't see it? I didn't see that one. He hit me with a stapling gun. Like, lifted my legs up and psh, I was in my underwear. I was getting ready to do the good business. Oh, okay. mom. Yeah. Ah, well then no wonder he got you down there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Greg's overprotective of his mom. You know, mama asks Whatever, man. Yeah. Whatever. A bet's a bet. Okay. He welched. He welched. He's an Indian giver. Oh, my. That's not He's a cheater. Correct. 
I'm not well, a politically I mean, correct guy. Ken Dixon. We got Ken Dixon on. So that now I'm going to go seven. home. Yeah. I'm going to play with You're my Mr. Potato Head. No. Your Potato Head. They are non-gendered spuds. Yeah, I guess. Something like that. Now, real quick, I got I got two things to say. There was a question where someone said, when did you think that you really you know, came into your own? Uh, for me, from an outsider's perspective, you know, seeing glimpses of what was going on with my home fed and CW Pro, I'll tell you that when you retired, uh, former Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup winner and MCW champion and MCW wrestler of the year, Drolix. You see, I, I, I held that in my heart as a big thing to do. And then Phil Stamper just lets him come back all willy nilly. And that's what I was going to ask you about. How did it how did you feel after that to me? Was a monumental thing. You ended his career. I sure did. And I thought he was done. Right in front of his kid. <laughs> and, and then he's back. How'd that make you feel? How'd you feel about that? Obviously. I can't use those words on the cast. Well, Phil Stamper, <laughs> you got some splaining to do. Because I want to know why Drolix got reinstated and why you that. Indie round Drolix up and throw him back out of here. <laughs> I was just going to say, is, what, yeah. what a great lead in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're actually leading because everyone knows this is Larry's favorite part of the show coming up. I love to be filled in by Phil. Hey, everyone. My name is Phil Stamper. It's so great to be back with you this week. It's March. It's March, y'all. Like, I can't believe where we're at in this year. So much craziness has has happened. Hopefully things are going to start settling out. And there's a lot of action in the world of pro wrestling. But before I tell you about everything that's coming for events and IWTV and for Fight TV, I want to focus that now is a great time. If you are someone inside of wrestling, now is a wonderful time to build up your skills. And and, and I say this because I'm not knocking on anybody. It's more about there's a lot of great talent. Solid people, solid talent. But there's a lot of people who need to up that skill just that much more to become the next thing that people want to look at, to become what bigger companies are looking at to bring in more talent. So what is that little twitch you need to make to just step up your game? And that's something that that now, if you are finding that you have downtime, is something you can do. Do you need to work on building your promos? Do you need to, if you can't get back to a gym, and I certainly understand that too. I mean, I've been in physical therapy for a while and couldn't get back into the gym, even when the state said that we could with uh, the pandemic going on. I had to do bodyweight exercises and, and look up yoga exercises. I mean, a lot of that's available for free through YouTube, let alone the services you can get like DDP yoga has been the talk of professional wrestling for years. So, you know, what are the things that you can do to help build yourself up? And, you know, that needs to be a huge, huge, huge focus because as more and more events start coming up, how are you showcasing you're ready for that event? How are you being looked at over that other person? So I just I throw that out there. Hopefully that'll make sense or click with somebody. Uh, so let's talk about action that's coming up this week. First from IWTV, brand new event from No Peace Underground. New episode um, today comes out of New South Pro Wrestling Action Clash, as well as an event from Heavy Metal Wrestling. Tomorrow, a brand new episodes of Limitless's The Road and Paradigm Pro No Hook. And then on Thursday, events from Beyond and New Texas Pro Wrestling. And then Friday and Saturday on IWTV, 
New South Pro. And again, you can watch IWTV on their website at iwtv.live or independentwrestling.tv or through their app on iOS and Android devices, IWTV. Then over on Fight TV, already this week put out brand new events from uh, New Pro Wrestling Magic. Or excuse me, brand new events from Pro Wrestling Magic. There's also an episode of uh, Ring of Honor Roundtable focusing on celebrating black excellence in Ring of Honor and pro wrestling, as well as a full new episode of Ring of Honor Action, also a new episode of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And then this coming Sunday, a new event from NOAA from Yokohama, Japan. So international events coming your way via Fight TV. So let's talk about other events that are happening this week that you can go join and be a part of. First, this Thursday, out of Atlanta, Georgia, WWA4, West Warwick, Rhode Island, Extreme Wrestling Alliance, and out of Grimsley, Tennessee, 127 Pro Wrestling. Then on Friday, out of Alabama, in Hansville, we have New South Pro Wrestling and Chopwell Venom Championship Wrestling. Out of Crossville, Tennessee, Resolute Wrestling and Tullahoma, Tennessee, Southern Wrestling Federation. Then on Saturday, out of Alabama, New South Pro Wrestling, Pro South Wrestling, Victory Championship Wrestling. Out of Arkansas, Revolutionary Wrestling Entertainment. On, out of Florida, Coastal Championship Wrestling and World Extreme Wrestling. Out of Georgia, Livewire Wrestling, Peach State Wrestling Alliance, Renegade Championship Wrestling out of Michigan, Metro Pro Wrestling out of North Carolina, American Lucha Wrestling, Ring Wars Carolina, Uprise Pro Wrestling out of Oklahoma, UWO out of Pennsylvania, Rope to Rope Entertainment out of Tennessee, Southern Pride Championship Wrestling, Tennessee Wrestling Alliance, Total Psychopathic Wrestling and out of Texas, Metroplex Wrestling. Then on Sunday out of Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky Elite Pro Wrestling. And I believe this is the first Kentucky event other than OVW. Um, that is brand new and making its way back um, out of Tennessee, Revolutionary Wrestling Alliance and School of Morton. Again, School of Morton streaming every Sunday live through their Facebook page at 505. Um, out of Texas, we have Undisputed Pro Wrestling. And out of the UK, Future Shock Wrestling has two events this coming Sunday. So there's still a lot of action that's coming out there. We're seeing a little bit more opening. And as uh, if you've been paying along a lot of the statistics for um, COVID cases are really on a steep decline. Unfortunately, hospitalizations are not on as steep of a de decline. So some jurisdictions are lightening up while others are sort of holding on for a little bit longer. So we'll have to see how those go. Some of these events that were previously closed door are now limiting, um, having limited sized audiences. So again, hopefully more and more things are going to open up, and especially as we get to warmer weather in, the nor in North America, that people are going to have more outdoor events which again may open up the opportunity for more people to come to events, especially if they are outdoor or even for inside venues to start opening up their doors. Uh, so we'll have to see what that brings. So I hope you are having a wonderful week. I hope you're ready for March 2021, y'all. Uh, my name is Phil Stamper, and I'll catch you next week. Thank you, General Manager Phil Stamper. You got some explaining to do, like I said. I want to know why Drolix got reinstated. What kind of deal you guys worked out? Shenanigans. Well, yep. I, you know, Phil Stamper will be an in-studio guest here. <clears throat> uh, he messaged me about it this week, and he's very interested in being here live and in person for you to ask that question to. Yeah, but so you're going to get filled in in person. Right right. Here in the but, but here's the thing. Studio. He wouldn't dare come while Ken Dixon is in the studio nope, because he knows that he'd have, you know, yeah. I'm going to subtweet him so hard. Well, he's got plenty of followers. Um, yeah, thank you once again, Phil. It is my favorite part of the – well, one of my favorite parts of the MCW cast is when you fill us in. And uh, we just closed a pretty significant week for 
indie wrestling. Uh, just this past weekend, I I was down in Tampa for uh, uh, ICW No Holds Barred, two super fantastic shows. Also on IWTV, there was uh, VXS, which Phil has mentioned a couple times, and um, there was one other one. I, I It's skipping my mind right now, but a huge week for indie wrestling all on IWTV, Independent Wrestling TV, which, again, is one of the two platforms, along with Fight TV, that you can mm-hmm. see a lot of content that folks are being able to produce during the, the time of this global global gimmick. Um, Larry, the, the shows in Florida this weekend, are they getting turnouts at the indie shows there? Uh, well, it's Florida. You right. know what I'm saying? So, like, it's very relaxed. Uh, we, we had a significant turnout uh, for... Uh, the three that I was involved in, there was, it was also No Peace Underground. That's uh, a fun one. They look like a lot of fun. Yeah, so No yeah. Peace Underground is a, a, a no ring, no ring shows. Wait, it's in like a... It's concert. in a bar. It's in a bar. It's like called it's... the Sound Bar in Orlando, Florida, and there is no ring. There's a stage uh, that the wrestlers uh, enter, and they fight on the stage. It typically spills down into the, the pit right in front of the crowd. Um, and... It's pretty I mean, wild. I, it's, it's a wild. concept. It's, so it's a concept that was kind of forged by a wrestler from up in Brooklyn called Casanova Valentine. Nice. Um, Casanova Valentine is a part-time bouncer, so he, he knows a lot of bar owners, and uh, he kind of finessed his way into this one bar to let him put on these no-ring death matches. It's a, kind of, wow. it's a cool workaround if you want to get around the, the rules right. Of, right. of promoting and stuff. You just show up and you fight in a bar. So, so and it's, they're, they're kind of more organized now. And, um, and Ken is hitting it. Outside. Ken's hitting the nail right on the head. Uh, Cass was able to avoid a lot of state athletic commission, mm-hmm. uh, and it's you know, things that you would have to pay. Because there's no wrestling. Yeah. Right. That's just right. Think we used to make fun of shows like that. Where, yeah. You know, These you'd see are, the so big blue gym mats out from, there. Ah. Well, this is like no mats. Oh, no. This this is, yeah, this oh, is yeah, this just in a bar. So it, it's kind of neat. Like, I like it. Uh, it. It really appeals to me personally. But it also appeals, like, to fans, to people who don't like to watch wrestling typically. Because you just show up in a bar and sometimes there's a band playing. And then this fight just breaks out. Like, people that don't like wrestling are starting to get drawn in. Because there's, like, people are finding really creative ways to interject wrestling into real, like, uh, MV Young just did the fashion show yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, last year, last a, year around this he time. He did, like, a fashion show at, like, New York Fashion Week, and then a fight, you know, a match broke out, or a fight, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they want to call really? it. Really? Yeah, Dan, I'm going to have to hit, I'm yeah. gonna have to hit you, you to this. Hit yeah. You, yeah, so, yeah. Like, there's, I wanna, I'd like there's some really interesting here. stuff coming out of, you know, what we're able to do and how guys are getting around it. Like, the no ring stuff, which is fascinates me like i'm so appealed like i'm so very interesting there's there's no reason for the commission to be there technically so we talked about this in the first segment about uh you know that pilot that was being shot by one of the producers from the springer show and you mentioned it right right right. yeah yeah and um we filmed it at a bar and it was that say toby was about 20 years uh, years yeah yeah this was before you joined us but we had filmed these pilot episodes for this concept show tough man it was kind of like you know like where like one was at larry's house one was at a bar and it was slice fights yeah Yeah. it was was like shoot fighting but wrestling and they would always the fights would just all just break out like you know like yeah you know it didn't catch on but toby was 28 years early apparently yeah 2000 and we it was yeah like 2002 or something for jerry springer Mm -hmm. nice and he pitched it to nbc he filmed the pilot because it was shot at larry's Larry's mom's house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eastern and, um, Avenue, I think. 
Yeah. Just, See, now I stayed at my mom's house after you guys I, left me. You know, everyone yeah. left, and I just yeah. it just never it never like you said it was probably twenty years too soon. Yeah. Exactly. Man. Yeah, because now the, the no ring death matches there it, it sure is, and um, started kind of started in New York, and now the company I'm mentioning, No Peace Underground, they're a Florida based company that took this concept, and now they do shows regularly. They use me as a commentator, okay. and then you've got your ICW. And that's you know, what it's called, No Peace Underground. No Peace Underground, and there's a new one that's about to start that's going to be on Fight TV, which mm-hmm. is kind of the the other you know streaming service, yeah. and that's going to be called. Um, Oh wait, gosh! Everything is slipping me now. Uh, it, it's um, um, New Fear City. New Fear City is also going to be debuting on Fight, and they're also going to be no ring death matches. Real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I actually participated in one of these rooftop no ring matches on the Fourth of July. The main event was Casanova Valentine versus the Patriot Tom Brandy. <laughs> really? Now, so so real quick, and I don't want to stay on this too long. So Casanova Valentine is known for doing light tubes, panes of glass, thumbtacks, and uh, he asked Tom very politely if you would be willing to get dirty with me in this match, uh-huh. if it can go all over the place. And Tom told him, how about I hit you with all of this stuff? You know, I'm going to hit you with all the white tubes, you know. And, and Cass was like, well, well sir, will, will you take one? And he's like, no, I don't do that stuff. I don't know, you know, he, you got me here, you're paying me. If you want to do this, I'm going to hit you with all of it. And he was a promoter. And he was the promoter that bought, that bought Tom in. So last part of the story. We worked out a thing where I, as the announcer, turned on Casanova Valentine and helped Tom win the match. And the way that I helped him was that I took a light tube that Cass was going to, you know, lambast Tom with. I took it from him. He turns around, Larry, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I, I, uh, I, I, and I hit Cassidy Valentine with the light tube. The light tube ricochets off of Cassidy oh, no. Valentine's head, hits Tom, who's behind him, gigs him <laughs> on his back. Blood, blood running down his back. And Tom was adamant about, I'm not doing, I'll hit you with the stuff. I don't want to do anything. Easy, man. Well, he was kind of shook up, actually. He wasn't expecting it, and I remember it was a Where's kind the mercury of... mercury poisoning? Oh, no. Well, it was kind of a touching thing where after the match, Cass had to clean Tom's back off for him, and they were in the back, and he's, like, wiping him down with wet wipes and stuff, and right, Tom didn't get a little bit more than he bargained for yeah. in his first uh, no-ring match. But, uh, yeah, they're really taking off and No Peace Underground and uh, New Fear City. I highly recommend those, and... You know, can we? I wouldn't mind seeing you get tangled down in, in Florida. That's a good time. That, yeah, that that reminds me just real quickly yeah. um, of a Tim Burke story. Oh my gosh, boss! Uh, hey boss! Hey boss! Hey boss! I got um, you next time, boss! Hey boss! <laughs> Lucifer Night of the Road. Um, one of the funniest things ever. Well, I witnessed, and he was wrestling two cold Scorpio. Uh huh. Him and Bob, they were doing a tag match. And um, Tim would always book himself with the names, but he wasn't any good. And he was always afraid, like, especially Scorpio, the 450. He Crush was, him. He was afraid, like, he was going to. So he said, hey, boss, hey, uh, hey, Scorpio, I just wanted, you know, I'm the promoter, so uh, on this finish, um, make sure you don't land on me because, uh, you know, you might you might hurt my arm and I won't be able to reach in my pocket and pay you. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly That's what he said. rich. That's the best line. He said, hey, boss. <laughs> 
I mean, you, oh, you land on great. my arm, I, I won't be able to reach in my pocket and pay you. And uh, I freaking cried laughing, cried like hysterically. I, w- I was like, that was the freaking one of the funniest things oh, I ever. Like, Tim yeah. Burke's arm must have been hurt every single day oh, that no. he told me at the end of the show, well, I got you next time, Mouth. Yeah. I got you next time, Mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get you next time, Mouth. Hey, Mouth. I, I mean, how many next times is it going to be? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that's wild. But um, yeah, we gotta get you. We gotta get you involved in that because that yeah. seems like it's right up your alley. Road a history alley. of violence and the no ring shows. Roadhouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd like to see you tangle with some of these uh, these guys. <laughs> Very good. Well, you're his in, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I Come get on, around. Man. Make me it and, happen. Me and Phil, we both get around. So. Uh, I might just have to talk to the promoter, drop a few names. You Larry, know? maybe you can fill Kenny. I'm going to tweet at you with all the eyeballs, <laughs> the eyeball emojis, and maybe some of these. Yeah, like, That's how guys get booked now, right? Can you oh, yeah. use uh, hashtag numbers? Because Larry really likes it when you well, I know. I mean, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this much. In this day and age, you don't even have to be a good wrestler. You just have to be good at the internet. That's true. And yeah. you, can, you can really get far you get being really good at the gifts. internet. Some yeah. really hot gifts, you're good to go. <laughs> Well, I, I predict this right now. Episode 7, we're going to be talking on one of these indie roundups about you making your rounds into Ooh, this deathmatch community. I know some Let's people. Well, that, well, the no-ring deathmatch community. Right. I know some people, and I'm going to make some calls, and uh, I predict that. That's my prognostication. Ooh, I like that word. Yeah. Fancy. I got it from Johnny Carson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. What's well, about that time, guys? Yeah, I think so. We had Ken in here. We had you for a well, you know, good chat here, and um, we we want we want to hear from you. So once again, I just want to shout it out. Hashtag Ask MCWCast. Follow us on Twitter at MCWCast twenty twenty one. And if you're a Coffee Club subscriber, if you become a member at BuyMeACoffee.com, then you can ask your questions to our guests in advance. You'll get exclusive, first-hand knowledge of which guests we will have in studio, and you will be able to ask all the questions nice. that you would like. Absolutely. Well, with that said, I'm, I'm Larry Legend. We're out. I'm Dan McDevitt. All right. See you next time. We'll see you next week, episode number eight. <laughs>